Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of the Cult Popcher podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch or get two extra exclusive podcasts a month, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash cultpopshire. Ho, 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 Santa's famous catchphrase, repurposed in this case as something that I've said. What do you guys think? Rate it. Uh, I probably prefer when Santa says it. <laughs> is, is ho, ho, ho public domain? Almost certainly, I would say. <laughs> I, 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 I genuinely don't care. Um, well, you know. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. But that, I mean, th- that is the mood I'm in, given the topic of today. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome along, everybody, to the Cole Popshire podcast. My name is AJ, and over here we've got Richard. Yeah. And over there we've got Jeremy. Hello. And for a, a rare change of setup for yeah. this, the three of us, it's actually Richard and I in the same room, and Jeremy somewhere else for the first time ever. Banished. Banished to Auckland. Yeah. yeah. And it, and you know what? I bet most people who listen to the podcast, you know, 80% of don't the time, give a shit. they don't give a shit. They don't even remember that we're not in the same room. Yeah. But this feels Because we stop pointing it out every week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, them, to them, it's basically ho, ho, ho. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's all ho ho ho, baby. Well, I, the reason I said ho 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 is because we're the three hoes of the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> and today, because it's Christmassy, and because I guess people enjoyed when we did this last year, um, we were like, oh, let's watch all the you know Netflix drops a bunch of Christmas movies every November December um, that are like Netflix originals, mm. and last year we covered uh, the four that dropped, and this year there were six that mm. dropped. Um, Plus a TV show, which none of us watched. No, I don't, I don't want to watch the TV show. <laughs> um, and yeah, so we watched all six, um, and we're going to discuss them today. Yeah. Um, all right. But yeah, I when thought- we said When we said that we were going to do this, we did not know that there were going to be six. <laughs> like, there were four last year, and yeah. that was fine. <sighs> Five is pushing it, six is too many. Yeah, and next year, I'm sure there's going to be even more. We can't keep doing this. Yeah, well, like, <laughs> well, this it, is unsustainable. They add two every year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so the six movies are: we've got uh, Holiday Rush, The Night Before Christmas. That's Night with a K. Mm. Uh, Let It Snow, Klaus, Holiday in the Wild, and. A Christmas Prince, the Royal Baby. Yeah. <laughs> the third Woo! Christmas Prince uh, film. And an MVP for, for Cole Popshire in terms of film franchises, as it's the only one that we don't restrict to our film franchise for Yeah. Um, and we also format. have never, AJ and I have never seen the first one. Yeah, correct. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I thought, because 
I, I feel like we more or less agree on the quality of the film or like on our rankings. I feel like they there, wouldn't be too far off, right? There isn't an arguable ranking of yeah. these films. Um, so, <laughs> Except Jeremy, king of arguments, is sure to argue us down. Well, I, like, I, think that, I think you're right, Richard. In terms of, I mean, last year we definitely had some very widely varying enjoyment levels of each of the movies. And this year I think that we have done, a, sorry guys, we have done a bit of off-pod chatter as yeah. we've hoed our way through these movies. Ho, ho, ho uh, now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite. Um, um, and I think, yeah, I, d- I do think that we are like a lot closer um, just because I think the quality, well, being it's really series. not up for debate. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. That, that's the thing. And so I would like to go, I think let's go from um, worst to best. All right. Ooh. So can I do the honors of saying what I'm assuming we're all <laughs> yeah. thinking? Yeah. Okay, so from worst Actually, to best. Actually, this is interesting because I I don't even I don't even have in my mind yet a solidified right like definite worst this um, year. Yeah, it's interesting because I think there's two or three that are definitely the worst, and then one or two that are definitely the best, and then the, the others kind of fall in the middle. Well, no, there's a yeah, definite yeah, best yeah. one, and one or two that are maybe one or two. Yeah, um, that, that are okay to watch. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so. The inarguable definitive <laughs> ranking of Netflix was 2019 from worst to best. <clears throat> we start with Holiday Rush yeah. at number six. So then let's talk about Holiday oh, yeah. Rush. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you 100%. don't want to keep going through them. No, no, no. And then we'll, and then we'll reveal them as we go. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Holiday <laughs> Rush. Uh, Jeremy, what's Holiday Rush about? Okay, so Holiday Rush is about a, uh, a DJ, a radio DJ named Rush. Um, do we, what was his name? His full name? Holiday. <laughs> no, 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 no. His his like this, his his auntie says his full name is like Rushiana or something like that. Uh, Rashawn Rush Williams. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. But his nickname is Rush, and so he's an insanely popular DJ on an R and B station um, that has sort of gone more mainstream. And at the very beginning of the movie, um, his ch- his children are assholes. They're all insanely wealthy. He's a solo father, and the radio station announces that they're selling up to big corporates. Um, they're taking it nationwide. And he and his producer, who have been together for a long time, uh, working together, are no longer required because they are too R&B and they are not mainstream enough. And so, essentially, they go, oh, crap, you know, this is our money. It's just before Christmas. And they light upon the idea of buying the station that they rose up on, um, that they became famous on, which has just gone out of business, um, and trying to launch it uh, within, I think, Eight days, I think they're eight days away from Christmas, and they want to launch it on Christmas Day. This this yeah, new radio the, station, the biggest radio with, day of the year, <laughs> Christmas Day, yeah, when absolutely no one's doing the day that everyone's doing nothing but listening to radio. Um, Everyone's on their and also, to work. and it's quite interesting for for New Zealand watchers of this move of this movie that actually in New Zealand it's illegal to advertise on radio and TV on mm. Christmas Day. Mm. Um, and one of the major plot points of this film is that they um, they have to sell advertising um, to make. <laughs> Christmas Day uh, feasible and to make the, the, the whole radio station feasible uh, and then they can't sell any advertising because no advertisers will go with them. Yeah, anyway, so they, they, they set up this radio... <laughs> sorry, they set up this radio station. He has to sell his house. His son can't... Now is maybe not going to Harvard anymore. His twin girls aren't getting ponies. Like, basically, the life of consumerism that his children have become completely in love with um, over, over their affections of their father, uh, they no longer have any of these consumer 
the goods. Um, they hate it. They have to move into their old house, which is currently being lived in by their auntie Joe, who's the sort of mystic figure who's you know bringing them back to their roots. Uh, and he and Rush himself discovers a love with his producer, which is incredibly telegraphed from the very beginning. The children learn that life is about more than consumer things, and everyone from the radio station basically figures out that they're the bad guys. The, the old radio station. My favourite love stories are when the, the romance comes out of nowhere. And it's, <laughs> I hate it when it's telegraphed. <laughs> uh, no, it is, it is, it's very cheesy. It's very... Um, we used this expression last year, and I don't know what other expression to use. It's very hallmark. It's very... Yeah. It feels like you're watching a Christmas card. And I watched this movie... I think in four parts because I couldn't get through it and I had to keep coming back to it and it was just horrific, man. Yeah. Oh, I hated it. Yeah, well, so because one thing you, you touched on there that made the movie a particularly difficult watch, I think, is that like the characters, especially the kids, are just such like assholes. Unrealistic. Yeah, and like because there's a bit where um, the oldest son goes missing and then they're like, we're worried about him. I was like, why are you even looking for him? Who cares? <laughs> like, he's 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 literally out of high school. He's finished yeah. high school. Let he's him fucking go. Pretty much an adult. Christmas now. will be better without him. <laughs> I I have yeah. I have a theory about this film. Yeah. I think this film was made to perpetuate the lie that radio DJs have that personality at all times and it's not just they're performing for the show you think it was made by a radio <laughs> broadcaster that was like trying to hide yeah trying to trying to hide the fact that you know everyone has an on and an off and this movie is was made to be like see look even when he's not uh you know on air even when he's not performing he still sure as hell talks like a radio host <laughs> and everyone else in the movie talks like a like a radio host because they're all like wow what do you think about that i think that's great all right and it's it's very like performative and how yeah. you don't talk to people you you know your 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 broken family distraught by the death of the, of the the matriarch of the family and you don't talk to, to your kids the way that that he talks to them as if it, as if they're like yeah. first time callers and he's like well what do you think about <laughs> moving back in with, to our old house and maybe not getting two ponies which is like Come up with a better thing that the little girls want than yeah, two yeah. ponies. Ugh. One pony. I know, and, and, and that's the thing is like you're you're basically asking the audience to believe that these children are so far gone that they can't possibly like have any kind of um sympathy for their dad, no empathy whatsoever for their dad losing his job. And their first thought when he loses their job is like, Oh, how is this gonna affect me? Mm. And like it, particularly particularly yeah. the oldest son, he's like, Oh, I just got accepted to Harvard and 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 you've ruined it all. And it's like you know that he didn't choose this, right? Yeah. Like he he did like narrate this properly to you that he lost his job yeah. by no like fault of his own. Yeah. And like the son, the whole movie, basically it's like the director told him that his motivation was that he found out that his dad wanted to lose his job to prevent <laughs> yeah. him from going to Harvard. Yeah. yeah. No, and I think look, that that is a there is some meat on the bones of the those character motivations that they resent him for losing his job, even though it's not his fault. But yeah. it's not fleshed out in a way where it's like obviously it's because they um you know because they, they you know in real life if you were mad at your dad for losing his job around christmas time and having to you know go from your life yeah you'd luxury, be feeling hatred towards yourself for feeling that yeah kind of yeah yeah, yeah that kind of the thing, internal exactly. struggle of like and realizing how selfish you feel but then also like 
realize coming to accept the fact that it's like kind of okay to feel like that all great ideas none of which are in the movie (laughs) (laughs) we've talked broadly about the movie there are a few moments that i think deserve attention in terms of how bad they are yeah all right like so (laughs) the main character rush all the way through the film has these weird, like, internal monologue versions of Twas the Night Before Christmas <laughs> that, like, are his own little poems to himself where he's, like, making jokes. And, like, it's it's in an, like, he's thinking these things. It's an internal monologue that we can hear as the audience. And it's like, and then he always finishes them by praying to Saint Nick. Like, where, who prays Saint to is Saint not real, Nick? Dude. Like, <laughs> And the other thing is, like, just how bad the children... Like, it just shows how awful the children are that when they go to this terrible, terrible house that they, you know, like... It's this beautiful house that could absolutely be used as the, um, you know, as the dream house in any other Christmas movie. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We did all struggle with watching. I think we all took more than one try to watch this. Um, But there is obviously a, like... Uh, cultural divide Mm -hmm. and I think because Jeremy you kind of like read a lot of subtext into this film about how it's the um, the kids are like sort of losing their roots and um, their their racial identity Mm. which I didn't necessarily pick up on Well, I think because I, I mean, it's interesting that I, I had to look so hard to find this movie on Netflix. Like I even right. searched Christmas movies, holiday movie. And like it was just like, no, Jeremy, you're white. You don't want to watch this movie. Like, <laughs> so I, had to, I literally had to write holiday rush in the in the search thing to yeah. find this movie. Yeah. And so it's really interesting to me that obviously this is a sort of a, a, a you know, a segmented movie um, for uh, a different audience than me. Um, and so I just think it was just interesting thinking about it and thinking, you know, there's a different type of comedy. There's, there are different cultural sort of tropes around characters and that sort of stuff that definitely like aren't part of the normal, um, that, yeah, just the normal entertainment that I consume. And so just thinking about how awful those children are at the beginning of the movie, like talking with some friends of mine who are not white, like the, the idea that basically children who grow up in white cultures, predominantly white cultures, um, who aren't, um, and when if their if their parents are very successful and have lots of money and stuff like that, the idea that like um you know children of color uh can become very comfortable in kind of uh you know white uh white society um and this movie I think in the beginning they are super comfortable and they have lots of wealth um and then the process of the movie brings them back to their old neighborhood their dad gets back on the R&B radio station that serves the community that they all come from the children start to get to know the older men the older people in this black community um it's just very much like when I start to think about it from that perspective, it's a movie that deals in sort of tropes and stories and yeah. narratives that are probably quite prevalent in communities where people of color are living. Um, and therefore, I just don't get it. And so this is why I'm going, this is so cheesy. Whereas, you know, you get a person of color watching Christmas Prince Royal Baby and they're like, I cannot watch this in the same 100%. way that. Yeah. And um, yeah. Whereas I think we all loved um, a Christmas Prince too. <laughs> as, as white people, yeah. I have um, no problems with it like, at yeah, all. It, it did feel like it, it felt like a Medea film in a lot mm. of ways. Like the way it sort of tries to balance comedy and drama, and um, 
things like that. But having said all this, because because what you are describing there, like if you just listen to that isolated from watching the film, I think you're describing quite an intelligent, yeah. well-made <laughs> I film. I was going to say that as well. Um, <laughs> but th- uh, like aside from, you know, you can say that we didn't pick up on this kind of stuff or we, we don't read into it like that. It's just not a very well-made film as well. Like For sure. The, it's like, from a technical standpoint from like like it drags oh, for acting, quite the like just acting parts, wise yeah, alone the, the, the oldest um, the oldest daughter is just horrible to watch yeah and so there, there's a lot of things like like that that are harder to kind of articulate on on a podcast but like if you just watch the film it's like oh okay yeah like the 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 script is bad the pacing is bad and and all yeah. this kind of stuff um and it is just like because yeah i watched like 15 minutes of it um with jess and then she was like can we can we not watch this and so i was like yeah and then i just watched it before work one day <laughs> yeah man the, the best content on this podcast always comes from the stuff where beforehand i'm like i don't know if we should bring this up guys yeah <laughs> because I, I was like obviously it's a thing okay that's it's a movie that with a predominantly african-american cast and i was like oh god how do i never how do we navigate this conversation about saying this is a bad movie but also acknowledging that it's made for it's a completely for different us, yeah. dem- demographic, and those demographics do exist. And I'm not being, I'm not, you know, no, totally. But yeah. it's it's funny to me how like I I could watch the like um, not to spoil anything, guys, but Christmas Prince Royal Baby is definitely one of the worst. Mm-hmm. But I could watch that without turning it off and having to come back to it because it's kind of like a car crash badness that I'm like, oh my gosh. Whereas with this, I like I was just so. Just didn't yeah. didn't resonate with. I, I didn't even. I wasn't fascinated by it, and I just was like interrogating, like, why is that? And I was just like, oh right, it's because it's not the kind of like cheesiness that really is yeah. part of my cultural story. Yeah, well, and that's that's the thing as well. That like, um, again, not to spoil what we think of the the, the remaining films, but um, Holiday Rush, because I think Netflix last year, especially with like the Princess Switch and um, like the ho- uh, holiday calendar, and even to lesser extent like christmas chronicles that they kind of realized oh people are watching these because they're quite silly and so a lot of the bad the on the lower end of films this year have moments or skirt like you know flirt with the idea of leaning into that absurdity and being like we're in on the joke but holiday rush never does that yeah, and, and I, I f- think it's it's the only one that's like you would call like a, a silly film or like a hallmark for a cheesy film yeah. that um never does that. Yeah, and if 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 a Christmas Prince, the Royal Baby, is a car crash, Jeremy, uh, Holiday Rush is going to your exclusive brethren friend's church for because he invited you and you don't really get it and you're pretty bored. <laughs> it's like yeah, <laughs> the, yeah those, exactly. those are the differences. Um, but what I thought was interesting, and maybe I don't know if you guys have much more to say about Holiday Rush. Uh, but what I thought was interesting is that last year, with the exception of Christmas Chronicles, I would say the other three were all from the same category, the same yeah, shelf yeah. at a DVD store, you yeah, know? Yeah. The this Christmas year, shelf. The, yeah, the Christmas-themed shelf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This year, I felt like all these movies served a different demographic, and I'd like to maybe dissect that or at least mention that as we go through. So this this one is predominantly aimed at like an African-American audience right Mm. like say 18 to 35 maybe a bit older than 18 and so moving on to the second worst film of the year yeah a christmas prince the royal baby yes 
Yeah. 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 I think it is. Oh, man. It's like, <laughs> because I know it's intentionally bad, I want to make it not as bad I as the night before Christmas. I think it's intentionally bad. <laughs> <laughs> I you think you're, when, you're giving when, a lot of credit to the filmmakers there. Do you remember when Sherlock season four bombed and people were spe- speculating yeah. that there was a hidden fourth episode? Because and- why would they make it so intentionally bad? <laughs> so tragic um no and, and and so i think this is the second worst one and its demographic is females who are our age yeah. <laughs> like it's it's for women in their their early to mid 20s i think yeah so basically it's for me yeah yeah yeah, yeah you're part of that demographic <laughs> an honorary member yeah um yeah so this one follows on um our new <laughs> king and queen of Aldovia. We're, we're much like how the Fast and Furious franchise had to really shoehorn cars into the narrative. Yeah. This is now, we're like, it's not really about Christmas anymore, but it's called a Christmas prince, yeah. so we got to do something. Um, so they have a, there's a baby on the way, mm-hmm. and um, there's this treaty that needs to be signed between Aldovia, well, they want to add the women to it, right? There's a treaty between Aldovia and another nation that- Is it they, Penglia? Uh, uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> that they signed like 600 years ago and the, every every so-and-so many years, years. They, they reunite to sign it again to you know maintain peace because if the treaty is broken, then they technically are at war again. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. that an accurate summation of, yes. <laughs> of the film? Uh, and uh, because um, Rose McIver, is that her name? Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's the, that's that's, the actor's that's name. The, that's the Christmas prince. Yeah. Uh, no. Queen Amber of Aldovia. <laughs> Queen Amber, because she and along with the titular Christmas prince, who's now no longer Christmas a, king. A Christmas <laughs> king. Um, because uh, the movie, a lot of the movie is about... Uh, being progressive, which is why I say it's aimed at the generation it's aimed at. Yeah, uh, yeah. One, one of the big reasons, anyway. Um, not that I, I, I mean, power, power guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am a progressive person, but I acknowledge that this movie is somewhat pandering. It's too progressive. In that. Yeah. It's not too progressive. <laughs> it's just making a point of being progressive. Yeah. Look, um, I'm a progressive guy, but I mean, the treaty's 600 years old. <laughs> there, there shouldn't really be women on it. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's their main pull is they want it. They want the queens to now sign the treaty um, as a, as like a show of good faith, but on the the, the day of the signing, the treaty is mysteriously vanished. And, yeah. and uh, that means that there's a curse on the baby. Okay, okay. So <laughs> the little girl who I think is the is the king's little sister, mm-hmm. yeah? yeah? Who suddenly can walk with crutches. What did you Jeremy? What is well, no, I'm sorry, but she's like it's been a plot point that she's literally in a wheelchair, and it's like, and she was just like, no, there's no hope for me to ever get out of a wheelchair in the first one, and right. then all of a sudden it's just like it's really inconvenient if we have to wheel her everywhere. So can we get her in crutches? That would be great. Is Thanks. it erasure as well of of mm. like disability, dif- differently abled, abled people? Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, so she she finds out that there is a. Okay, a curse if the <laughs> treaty doesn't get Legend signed. tells. Yeah, that that will um that will specifically curse the firstborn of the king, current king and queen. And then, my friends, watch as this movie tries to figure out how to add more stakes. And they're like, whoa, there's a curse. <laughs> and no one in the movie really believes that it's going to do it, but it's in there because the stakes aren't high enough. Yeah. But everyone keeps mentioning it for no particular reason. <laughs> it, yeah. is, it is a fucking writer's or producer's note that were like, the stakes aren't high enough. <laughs> That's what that is. <laughs> yeah, and, like- and, and look, 
go full bore, make it an actual curse. Yeah, like, like you can see the the like smoke <laughs> entering her womb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it is, it is such a like. Uh, I don't even know what, what else to say. I mean, yeah, a- you, I think you're completely right. Make yeah. it an actual curse. I mean, we are living in a world where we've got two countries bumped up right next to each other, where one country is completely Anglo-Saxon, white as you can possibly get, and the other one is basically China, yeah. and they barely <laughs> talk to one another. They are basically like, why China. Not? This and world is another crazy. show of the film being too progressive. <laughs> it, like, changes geography. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue, Jeremy. Oh no, I mean, I just, I'm just like, you know, what? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like they say, oh, there's a curse, and then the next thing that anyone ever, anyone says, is the queen is just like, oh no, sorcery died out years ago. We stopped believing in all that sort of thing, and like everyone is just like, oh, there, but there's a curse. And then in the previous scene, they're like, oh no, don't be silly. There's no curse. And then the next scene comes along, and it's it's really interesting because it's like every time a character hears about the curse, they're like, oh, don't worry, we don't believe in curses. But then like a new character will come into the scene the next scene like, and the oh, person who's curse. just they're heard real. about the curse has to tell them about the curse and they're like oh, by the way there's a curse mm. <laughs> yeah yeah it's like there's a rule that if you're hearing about it you don't believe it but if you're saying it you do mm. yeah but so, so this movie start when the curse stuff starts happening if this is one of the ones that flirts with the idea of being like like you know t- t- turning into the skid of how cheesy and ridiculous the idea of a curse is mm. and the because you you and i were watching it at the same time i think you were like 10 minutes ahead of me right, aj okay. and um so you were like oh fuck this movie's actually getting like pretty fun you know exactly i was i was yeah. like okay it's starting to get into so bad it's good territory because if you're third part of a trilogy where magic hasn't you know realistically been yeah. part of it so far suddenly introduces a curse i'm like what the fuck yeah and so i was like all right okay yeah and then um and then you're like oh no it's boring again. yeah yeah because they don't they don't dive headfirst into it yeah um <laughs> so one thing that we i just want to touch on again um even though it wasn't wasn't one of the best moments of the podcast last year, but um, I, because I hadn't seen the first film and I was shocked to see what the actual Christmas prince looked like that everyone had been going on about. And Jeremy, you had, you had quite an issue with Rose McIver's hair. <laughs> um, was it fixed for yes. this film? It, so did, you, did you say it hasn't been fixed in this film? Yeah. Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> like she's. She like the very first scene. It's this close up again. She's uh. maintaining her blog, Amber's blog, while she's queen of Aldovia. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, that's um, hilarious. Meghan Markle like dropped out of being in suits, yeah, like because she became a royal. So I doubt oh, like and, and actually quite famously had to stop had to stop doing her Instagram and her actual blog oh, because so, she yeah. started dating Harry. So it's actually a regiment from from royals then, right? Like yeah, you yeah that's right. Allowed, it's a, and, a branding thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, at least if you're part of the British royalty, but yeah, oh, Aldovia seems yeah, to have yeah. much. And, but, but the idea, <laughs> the idea, like just ah, oh, the the screwed up ideas around what royalty can and cannot do in this movie is insane. Like they're like, she's like, dear readers. We this year have done this in the government. It's like, oh, that's right. In this country, the royal family are actually the government. There is no like, <laughs> you know, like, there's no president. There's no like prime minister that runs things. The royal family actually make policy decisions and like are responsible for like fixing poverty and the health system. Mm. Like, <laughs> and, yeah. they just, and they also somehow have a huge castle with no staff. 
There are no staff in the whole. Like when, so basically, you can tell how cheap <laughs> this movie is because they can't. They know that they can only have like two big scenes where they have extras, and the, and then for the rest of the movie, it just, just has to be a, a, a crew. Uh, sorry, a um a cast of sixteen people. And so to get around the fact that they can't have a bunch of people coming in and out for these big events that are happening, like the baby shower and the um and the the signing of the treaty and stuff like that, they have this snowstorm which cuts off the castle and means that the castle Castle, you know, only the people who were in the castle at the time of the snowstorm can be in the mo- in the events of the movie. The thing is, there's like eight people in the whole movie, yeah. and like, I'm sorry that that castle has a staff of hundreds. Yeah, I think you're probably forgetting how expensive um, uh, Rose McIver of iZombie fame uh, her salary is. <laughs> That's true, and and also the hairdressing budget on this movie must have been outrageous. Yeah, and yet it still sucks. Apparently, right. apparently, um, well, you know the ba- the case okay, is it Simon, the bad guy, Count Simon. Yeah. He was the ba- so he was the bad guy in the first film, yes, and then he yes. dramatically returns in the second, yeah, and and becomes a good guy. What did he do in the first one, Jeremy? So he was basically um, uh, he he essentially tried to overthrow uh, the guy who has become the king, whatever his name is. So um, so pretty Richard, pretty bad, right? That's oh, a- basically treason. They, essentially, he. Um, what happens is that they've discovered that uh, um, Richard. Yes. Uh, oh man, this is going back a long while. But basically, Richard is not was Richard uh, the king the the old king who died in the first movie. Uh, he wasn't married to Richard's mother before he had Richard, or something like that. And basically, Simon discovers this and basically tries to declare Richard illegitimate, so that he, as his cousin, could become the king instead. Okay, so that's all fine. But what I, in, in another way that this series inexplicably copies the same problems as like Fast and Furious, <laughs> like the villains from the last film are now part of the the good the guy crew, and like in this one he's dating Amber's friend from New York, and it's very like what <laughs> like like <laughs> this guy no literally tried to commit characters. treason and she's like oh i don't know if he's the one for me and amber's <laughs> like oh sweetie like you're f- you know you oh just, my god he's such a good you, guy you'll find out and it's like this, this guy's a, this is the bad guy this guy <laughs> he tried to literally he kick- killed harm <laughs> <laughs> um and also another thing that, that i wanted to bring up is that at the end of the movie when she has the royal baby which is very little to do with the actual plot yeah um her dad from new york turns up and says some hammy line and everyone goes it's, it's the dad <laughs> hey, i'm walking here yeah and everyone's like it's the dad he's goes like nah you go and then he goes <laughs> and sees his daughter and he holds his, his grand his grand granddaughter as we find out and and he says she says to him her name is ellery and he's like you named her after mom. And I was like, thank you, dad, in this movie, because <laughs> I didn't know that. And like, it's one of those, it's a classic example of like, he wouldn't say that in real life. Like, yeah. you, you know, your 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 daughter hands you your baby and names her after your dead wife. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, you know, I, I named her dead wife's name. And he's like, Oh yeah, but yeah. We I don't need to say why. I know why, <laughs> especially yeah, with the name. He would as, just cry. As unique as he Allery. would actually just cry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you'd be like, oh, sick. Yeah, but to be honest, <laughs> if he didn't say that, I'd be like, why is that significant? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, would just, I would just love it if he were just like, that's a bit morbid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a bit morbid. I'm, like, oh, I'm, I'm probably not going to, because it'll bring up too many memories. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to come visit. Yeah. <laughs> Does she have a middle name I can use? 
Yeah, it's yeah. AJ. <laughs> um, all right, what's uh, next on our list? Okay, so we've got Holiday Rush, The Christmas Prince, The Royal Baby. Is it The Christmas Prince Christmas 3? Prince. Our Christmas Prince, the Royal Baby. So no Royal three. Baby. Okay, next in line to the, the throne, th- the throne of not as the better Christmas yeah. Christmas movies. I this is going to be the most contentious, but I'm confident in my in my placing. It's the night before Christmas. Uh, I disagree. It, yeah, you do disagree. Yeah, interesting. Um, Sorry, what's the what's the fourth one? I've totally in the forgotten. <gasps> oh no! Sorry. Sorry, Holiday in the Wild is definitely worse than a cri- than, yeah. uh, than I'm out before Christmas. Let's, yeah, okay. let's do Holiday in the let's Wild. Let's do Holiday in the Wild. Okay, um, so this one, this is actually one that we knew was coming. If you listen to our most anticipated of 2019, um, I said, oh, there's a, a new Christmas movie, Netflix. It was then called Christmas in the Wild, but then they pres- they kind of wrote Christmas out of it, <laughs> um, but still released it in December. But that stars um, Rob Lowe and Kristen Davis um, from Sex of the City fame. And why was this one about um so and what is could just be a, a charlotte scented spin-off of sex yeah, of the city yeah, yeah. um which i was i was kind of hoping that there'll be more of that sort of feel well i yeah. mean that's why she's in the movie is because it's this this one's demographic is mums i think yeah, yeah, right yeah. um it's got it's got you know your mum's hot heartthrob rob Lowe yeah, yeah, and yeah, the gal yeah. from her favorite tv show <laughs> in it um and so she she and kind so of they go to the place she's always been meaning to go. <laughs> she she is part of like a, a broken marriage. She's very rich, very uh very privileged, part of a broken marriage and after their son leaves for college, her husband divorces her and so she does what I actually pitched in the Sex in the City episode of film franchise Fortnite's should have been the plot of <laughs> of Sex in the City the movie. She goes on their second honeymoon without him. Like by herself, right, yeah, which yeah. is what I said that the Sex and the City the movie should have been about. Um, and so she goes to Africa where uh, she meets Rob Lowe, who's a, like a safari gu- guide. Um, and uh, she they find an elephant that's just its mother's been poached. <laughs> The right way to say that? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, just, just been killed by poachers. With some Hollandaise sauce. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so the, he's like, he takes it. To, she's like, I'm a vet, which I'm revealing for the first time in the yeah, movie. Yeah. Um, and they go back to the elephant sanctuary and she falls in love with the elephants and she falls in love with Rob Lowe and spends more time than she intended to. And in then it's Africa. kind of a Sophie's choice which one she's going to go with Rob Lowe or the elephants. <laughs> but like, what's funny is the movie actually starts in August and is like, okay, so obviously she's going to be here for a long time if it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then, well, it starts with them taking their, um, like, Christmas card photo yeah, in yeah. August. Yeah. And then that's kind of one of the main references to Christmas in yeah, the film. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she, she becomes involved in the community, uh, eventually has to go, go back to New York um, to visit her friends who they call the, the Ladies Who Lunch, which may as well just be the title of Sex in the City. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, and then the last 15 minutes of the movie is a, is a very a lot of stuff happens she goes back she gets a new job she discovers that the job isn't fulfilling and moves back to Africa mm. all in like 15 minute space where one of yeah. those things should be happening in that place <laughs> um, it's well this it's it's real funny because the, her decision to move back is because she just becomes a regular vet and is talking to someone who's brought their dog in for like the third time that week and she's like, "What's the matter with her?" And she's like, "Oh, she just needs more antidepressants." And so the implication being that no, your dog's not depressed. Dogs can dogs be depressed? Is that the, I think so. Yeah. The implication is that that's an unrealistic thing for your dog. 
to have yeah, yeah, and yeah. that she's sick and tired of these privileged idiots with pets to look after and she'd yeah. rather look after elephants. Yeah? And Rob Lowe. And Rob Lowe. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a good summation. Yeah. I just think that she realizes how depressed she is without Rob Lowe around. Yeah, she's like, antidepressants. I need antidepressants. And by antidepressants, <laughs> I mean Rob Lowe. Yeah. Okay, so I want to, I think I know why I rank this higher than than The Night Before right. Christmas. And it's because um, I haven't mentioned this yet. I've actually just come, I'm like an I've hour. I've just come ag- back from Africa. And then, an hour ago, I was in the Africa of New Zealand, <laughs> uh, Blenheim, <laughs> oh my, my birthplace of, of Blenheim. No, I'm just, Blenheim is the most boring place in New Zealand. Legit. It sucks. I hate it. Um, I was seeing family down there and there. Uh, uh, they weren't boring. They were fine. Yeah. <laughs> they were fine. Five out of ten. Um, <laughs> they were the, the holiday of the wild of people. Yeah, yeah. And I was, I was staying at my grandfather's house who has no internet. And so I had to download uh, this and let it snow beforehand. And so I watched this movie last night in a in a world of no internet and nothing to do. And maybe it was just like, but you know what? I was like, this is enjoyable because it's a it's this a movie. Is, this is better than nothing. This is better than nothing. But half an hour before it finished, this is better than talking to my family. <laughs> half an hour before a finished Mission Impossible Rogue Nation came on TV, and I found it very hard to pay attention to the movie. <laughs> is that why you kind of skipped through the final like plot summary of this? Of the no, final I think I was trying summary. harder to pay attention <laughs> and summer, or maybe that's why I remember being being a bit holiday rushed. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so maybe that's that's the reason. And I like Rob Lowe. He's a cool. He's a yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. like I he's have to say that the main what what this movie has going for it is Rob Lowe and Kristen Davis. They are both very watchable screen presences. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, yeah. And everything else is what's wrong with the movie. Like, it just... Oh, man. The, the thing that really gets me about this movie... <laughs> the thing that really gets me about this movie is that, like, every problem that pops up is almost immediately dealt with. So, like, right near the end of the movie, you've got, you've got this weird South, blonde South African girl who's, like, weirdly is in a relationship with Rob Lowe, but also at the same time, absolutely I, not in a I relationship with Rob Lowe. I think the implication is that she is the head of the, she is the daughter of the head of the funding board for this, this elephant orphanage. And so getting, getting funding was like, Hey, if you bang me, I'll get, get you funded. I think yeah, but it's it's weird because like in early in the movie, Chris Kristen Davis like leaves Rob Lowe's tent after discovering him topless. Um and then as mm. she's leaving, we see this random blonde woman like walking up to the tent and looking at her like, Ooh, you're you're my competition. Mm. But at no stage do we ever see her and Rob Lowe having any kind of romantic <laughs> yeah, connection whatsoever. And then at the end of the movie, like towards the end of the movie, when Kristen Davis is back in um back in New York and he's he's drawing a picture of her, um, the blonde woman and comes in and basically says whatever this is it's over and i'm like i no one knew what this was yeah and, <laughs> and so the, all of a sudden the elephant sanctuary has no funding whatsoever and so kristen davis hears about this and there's whole movies whole movies like sing and like which is all about like hey we've lost our funding for this really important thing that we all love now the community the has movie? to come together and like <laughs> raise the funds for this and all this stuff and all of it is dealt with in a two-minute montage of kristen davis just walking around her ridiculously wealthy New York friends, including her ex-husband, who basically just like at the beginning of the movie drops her like a stone without any care in the world. And somehow she's able to squeeze $160,000 out of him over the course of a lunch and he like smiles at her. It's just like, 
like so weird how this massive issue is just dealt with as not a problem at all. I didn't want a movie about elephants and exotic locales. I wanted a movie about raising money. (laughs) 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 It was so ridiculous that like, it, it was a problem for two seconds. You know, like, oh, man, we've got to raise money for the elephant sanctuary. Nope, you don't. And also, everyone still uses checks in this movie, and you can send a whole envelope full of checks across the world through, like, <laughs> mail, and it's all good. Uh one thing I noticed about this movie, and Jeremy, you've watched it twice, is that correct? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I would like your expertise on this. I barely watched this. it once. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like your expertise on this. Uh, there are two parts in this movie, two th- sort of throwaway lines of dialogue, where I feel like there are there are deleted scenes in this movie. I'll, I feel like I haven't phrased this properly. I feel like there are deleted scenes in this movie. And you just and, phrased it the same and, way. And, and, and another and so edit, when you edit out a deleted scene, you kind of have to edit out any mention of that deleted scene. Right. But there are two instances which I feel they mentioned something that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> and well, okay, so when when I watched this movie again, I found like a five minute scene that I had no recollection of at all. So like, I maybe mean, maybe I've, I've seen this scene that you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> so the first thing I think I can't remember which order they happen in, but I'm going to say the first one is um, after she. Uh, reconnects with Rob Lowe at the elephant orphanage after because they find the elephant and she goes with the safari and he flies back. Yeah. Um, he sort of mentions all the stuff that she that about her like he's like oh you know you got to get back to the ladies who lunch and she's like oh I told you all about that and he's like oh yeah and it's like when did she. Like the, it, it's it's almost like she got real drunk and spilled the beans, and yeah, she yeah, she yeah. doesn't remember telling him because she's kind of like, oh, I can't she's believe like, it. No, she I can't believe I told she, you that. She, yeah. uh, this, this is where like I literally watching this a second because I have to explain why I watched this a second time. I watched this when it first came out on Netflix, like in early November, and yeah. so <laughs> like two Same, days ago, I was like, like Fuck, I have no recollection. <laughs> my brain has willfully scrubbed this from my memory, and so yes, when she first meets Rob Lowe and like. He basically says, oh, you're alone, huh? She, like, basically vomits out, like, her life story. And she's just like, and somehow I became one of the ladies who lunch. I'm a vet, for God's sake. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, All right, well, yeah. you know, there you go. Rob Lowe has got a better memory than you. <laughs> Uh, and the other the other part is It's after- not just elephants who don't forget oh. It's Rob Lowe too <laughs> I'm the opposite of an elephant um, The the other part is uh, When she first sees the blonde South African girl later, Like when she's introduced to her She walks away and Rob Lowe chases after her Because he's like Oh don't go It's not what it looks like or whatever And she says to him I've never met a woman I've never met someone who, with five last names Or something like that before mm. And it feels And I don't know what that woman's name is And I don't think at any point does she say like my name is name 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 because it's south mm. african and she has five last names apparently yeah, but yeah i definitely tuned both. out of the movie at the at that point and like both times i watched it so no <laughs> so the one scene that is not deleted just not handled very well for me to remember it i'm blaming the movie not, <laughs> not me and one scene that is a mystery it's a it's a christmas mystery <laughs> a what mystery what a christmas mystery what is the blonde south african woman's five surnames if that's even the line maybe we'll find out in the sequel oh is there gonna be one? uh no i hope not no well, the, I don't the, know. the other crazy <laughs> thing about this movie is how like it, the the casting of Kristen Davis's son is unreal to me. Like he is the he's a small whatever, whatever Chinese the boy. Of, <laughs> <laughs> it, 
whatever whatever the opposite of charisma is he is like the living embodiment like of that like i just don't <laughs> understand how out of all the guys who would have auditioned for this role he was the best person for them to cast like i'm like man netflix really needs to up their game in terms of their casting agents because well i guess man. they just needed to um make Kristen davis look good <laughs> I disagree. No. Not with Kristen Davis looking good. She's beautiful. I <laughs> thought, I thought the the son was actually a notably cool. Ca- I liked him. I thought he had charisma. And I'll die wow. on this hill in this talking point <laughs> I never anticipated talking. About. <laughs> the other, like the other crazy thing is that like they they try to make the son interesting and give him a whole life. Like he's at college, he's doing music. He wants to, and then like he's doing he wants music. to drop out of college to do music. Mm. And again, this is another one of those problems that sort of rears its head. That's somehow this massive problem for a character, and then it's just all kind of done away with in one decision, which is she decides to convince him to study music at college, which is so great because that means he's still at college and i'm like no that's the worst of all worlds because now he's still doing music and won't make any money for the rest of his life and he's gonna have like a hundred and twenty thousand dollar college bill very frugal of you jeremy but again that's a that's a mum movie yeah, yeah, problem yeah, yeah. and solution isn't it like yeah. if this was christmas prince and he was like i don't want to study this at college they'd be like of course sweetie you can do whatever you want yeah yeah you know, this yeah. is a movie where... where and the- he actually would be a small Chinese boy. <laughs> <laughs> it is such an absurd problem to us for, you know, like, and to be honest, if I told my parents that I was dropping out of college, they probably wouldn't, like, they'd care in a good way. Like, they'd mm. be like, we just, you know, want to make sure that you're doing what's best for you. They would, like, there's such an, in, 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 like, importance on going to college in America and specifically, yeah, yeah. like... It's okay, AJ, as, as long as you keep doing your podcast, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> Sweet. That's the thing that's going to bring you success. Mm. Well. One of these days. So, the night before Christmas then yep. is the next worst one. Yep. Uh, that's aimed at teenage girls. That, uh, that's yeah, Vanessa yeah. Hudgens. That's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. I, it's think, not, it's, I think it's actually, it's preteen. Yeah, I think yeah. It's preteen totally. girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not smart or clever enough, or at least it's not attempting to be what a Christmas Prince is attempting to be for me to say it's also for 25 year old women. It's it's not, it's not winking. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah, this one's about, this one's essentially a spiritual sequel to a princess switch. Yeah. Right. It's, it's almost identical in tone stars, Vanessa Hudgens. Um, and it's set at Christmas time. It's set at Christmas time. What's this one about? Uh, this one is about a knight from what? The thirteen like, hundreds yeah. gets teleported to time traveled to twenty nineteen Connecticut or wherever this yeah. takes place. And uh where he falls in love with Vanessa Hudgens' character. This was the first one I watched. No, the second one I watched actually quite a while ago, so I don't really yeah. remember it. Um I actually like for me, this is now we've entered the I would watch it again. Um, wow. Oh thing. wow! I, no, I, no, I, no. Pathetic, you scum, you piece of shit. <laughs> it's cool being in the same room as you because I can see when the actual spit flying. Do you at miss me. it yeah. from when we used to record all in the same room all the time? Um, yeah. So this is yeah one of those like you have to fall in love to break the curse, but it's 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 a fish out of water story about this this knight from the 
1300s adjusting to to real life so he discovers netflix and watches holiday in the wild <laughs> he um, does he does we're not kidding like all, <laughs> like all normal people like you know it's him and all of the empty nester mothers who are watching holiday in the wild yeah. and from that he learns phrases like it's lit and that's fire which yeah. one aren't in holiday in the wild and also yeah. it's like oh honey don't put that in your screenplay please <laughs> this yeah. is textbook how to turn off kids yeah. No one is going to learn those features of language in a way that allows them to use them correctly exactly. in yeah. like figures of speech in conversation in a day. And, and he also learns like an American accent from that as well. Mm. Like, cause Which he, he really he, he talks like this, and then he goes, "I learned phrases like it's lit." <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fundamental issue with this film. The the issue with this yeah. film. Um, and I'm going to draw from personal experience to 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 illustrate it. Better. Okay. Okay. I once made a short film. It was pretty bad. You've both seen it. I think Jeremy's seen it. It was about time travel. It was about a time travel rehab center where <laughs> where all these people who have in- involuntarily time traveled are now being rehabilitated <laughs> in a rehab center. So um, you're saying that the, the, the problem with this film is it doesn't have your ass in it? <laughs> that, this is too deep for people who haven't seen either film you're talking about. Um, go, and, go and look at AJ's short film. It has his ass in it. <sighs> all right. I'll link in the show notes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this, this film, ass. we didn't realize till after we made it. The fundamental problem with it is that we tell you these are people from other time, you know, times. Yeah. But in in waking life and real life and and when we filmed it, they're just people in costumes. Yeah. And so in in our film specifically, we don't give you any indication that these actually are time traveled people and not just crazy people. <laughs> and while while and the night before Christmas does flat out show you him in in his in the 1300s before taking him to present day sent by the old crone sent by the old crone um <laughs> it does not do a good enough job of making him look realistically like a 13th or 12th yeah, century yeah cuz he's just some fucking hot dude he's he is a cartoonish caricature of what you think of when you think of a medieval knight he's basically okay. a middle like kind of very lax British kind of stereotype yep. like modern day proper British stereotype and he's supposed to be from medieval times yeah and no one like none of the um this is such a Jeremy thing to complain about in a movie yes which yes. normally <laughs> normally I'd, I'd issue I'd, yeah his hair I'd, I'd take issue with because because I'd, I'd regard it as like semantics and finicky and it doesn't matter but I only say this because I think they missed an opportunity here we're like he 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 acclimatizes to 2019 very easily. Well, because it's, uh, it's essentially over one night where he, he spends all night watching Netflix and, Netflix and, is, and playing is, with Alexa. Yeah, yeah, and those are like the equivalent of in the Fifth Element when Lilu watches like that video that yeah, yeah. Put, takes up to speed. Like, and you're missing an opportunity of things like 13th century English sounded nothing like what we say today. You're missing yeah. things like he is he's handsome and has perfect teeth and isn't dying of gout. Like, you yeah, know, yeah. like, like he he doesn't reach. 2019 and immediately dies because the the bacteria is like you know it's like something that he is not so, so you would have to. preferred if he'd immediately died not immediately died but maybe <laughs> maybe Vanessa Hudgens is a nurse you know yeah, or yeah. a doctor <laughs> fuck you maybe she and, and <laughs> no no no, no, no. And, that, that's night that's um that's Christmas Prince royal baby that's the 
woke one. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, yeah, she's a nurse in this one. Yeah, I was. I'm not regre- a regressive person. I was staying true to the regressive nature of this film. <laughs> um, and she's like, this this guy has, you know, we can really easily fix. It. And maybe that's less realistic, but still more in depth. My point is, he looks like a guy dressing up as a knight for a kid's birthday party, and eventually everyone just buys that he's a real knight, which I know he is. <laughs> I know he is, but. They believe no one him. in the world of the film has a good reason to accept that. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's thank you. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I'm a sucker for like, like I love the first Thor movie, even though I know like most people don't. And it's the same kind of thing. Like they, they go to like a Denny's. Um, it's, it's the scene from Thor. It is. It's, it's the same exactly thing the- when he, he, he loves this delicious mead, yeah. and he goes, "Wench, another one," and everyone just like acts like he's just said the c word. Yeah, and and, and like he said the w word. Yeah, and then everyone's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, shit!" But the, and there's this quite funny thing about um, so she's just broken up with the her and her boyfriend have just broken up. Um, when she meets this guy, and she goes, "He's a bit of a douche," as the kids say, and then he's like, "Oh, okay, like this douche," and then he ends up borrowing. <laughs> some of his clothes um some of the the ex-boyfriend's clothes and then they see him at the denny's and like oh that's my ex-boyfriend he's like oh i shall thank the douche and that was the my fuck that i actually fucking cracked up with that but i i took okay, issue we, with, we get you loved this shitty movie okay i took issue with vanessa hudgens saying douche as the kids say which is something that the kids haven't said for about <laughs> 10 about years, 30 years. <laughs> and, and you feel you you in that moment you feel the 47 year old in the writer's room like trying <laughs> yep. to write yeah, lines yeah. to Absolutely. put into Vanessa Hudgens mouth um yep. yeah but well, I, like this is the the best example of a film being like oh people liked the princess switch because it was ridiculous and so let's now we'll add a supernatural element to it mm. and we'll just make the film fucking stupid and next year we're getting the princess switch switched again <laughs> starring vanessa hudgens vanessa hudgens and vanessa hudgens he's not kidding we are it's, it's, it's three it's a it's the prince and the pauper like um with an plot extra- outline <laughs> now with an extra person never been done never before. been done and as as two guys who watch so many franchises you know probably 10% of which do a princess and the pauper yeah. story it's we've never done three ways before <laughs> i'm so excited <laughs> Wow, just watching you guys kind of melt down in a way that's very unstable is quite... I'm glad I'm not in the same room as um, you for once. But I do... Um, oh, you're normally not... Cl- oh, that's cute. Um, oh. Yeah, but like, I do love the idea of it being an annual tradition to have Vanessa Hudgens in a Christmas film with increasingly ridiculous premises. Mm. Which, yeah, we, we spitballed this, didn't we? Yeah. And the one I suggested was she... <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens switches bodies with baby Jesus in a, t- in a, in a movie that combines the concept of time travel and with, with Prince swapping. of the Pauper. Yeah. And she, she she body swaps with the baby Jesus and it's called Away in a Stranger. Yeah. What do you guys think? That's fucking, I love that. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, but like, oh, she, she looks in the mirror me, and she's yeah. like, "I'm Jesus." Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry, Jeremy, are you still there? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you just weren't reacting to any of our hilarity. I'm just not laughing at anything. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, um, I, like, because the the movie ends in kind of a weird place where the knight ends up coming back to the future, right? And then, but then there's also like his f- knight friend from the 1300s. There's something weird his with brother. him, right? Sorry, his brother. Yeah, his brother, his knight brother. Yeah, his knight brother. <laughs> what happens with him? Does he he becomes he gets knighted or something, right? Ah, oh, yeah, there, it's his. It's his knighting. It's the day that he's about to become knighted yeah. or something like that. But well, I, I honestly, I do think it that does this set is up setting. For a it's setting up for a crossover with a Christmas prince. I think. Well, yeah, because um, her parents are in Aldovia, in the ooh. film. Yeah, 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 and and Aldovia. also, I think yeah. that the timing in the 1300s. Um, it's interesting <gasps> that it's just before Ooh, the the, the um, treaty. treaty signing. <laughs> oh fuck, we're fuck going yes. too deep. Oh no other God. podcast is discussing this. <laughs> um, I fucking would love a Netflixmas shared universe. Yeah. That'd be fucking yeah. incredible. Yeah. The, the, the crazy thing about the crazy thing about this night before Christmas thing is How beyond everything that's insane about Vanessa Hudgens' life in that. One, she lives in this enormous house that has a guest house um, yeah. because both of her parents have just recently died. And her sister, who has a like husband and child, didn't really bother to like split the estate with her. It's just like, ah, just keep living in that enormous house with a guest house. Why not? Um, and also the fact that she eats muffins by picking at them with her fingers um, yeah, and not quirky, actually eating the muffin. Um, the crazy thing is that the old crone sends him, to the fu- yeah, yeah, okay. sends him to the future with the sense that he has to find his destiny in order to get back to the past. Yeah. But finding his destiny is finding out that he is going to fall in love with a woman from the future and need to stay there. And so then as soon as he comes back to the past, he's like, no, I want to go back to the future again. I wish my destiny was to fall in love with Vanessa Hudgens. Hell yeah. I wish that was what I was destined to do. It was my fate and I could not escape it no matter how hard I Imagine if you believe in there being only one person for each person. Yeah. And this movie's like, yeah, you could live 700 years apart. (laughs) (laughs) There's not always going to be an old crone. No. That's true. Well, I think this movie proves there will be an old crone. But AJ, I mean, not everyone can be an absolutely forgettably vanilla-looking English-speaking man. I um, would honestly, I would try. What is, what is my the deal? To be what there, is the but... deal though with the Netflix like casting of men this year? Like all of them are just like Vanessa Hudgens, super hot. Like, why could they not hire hire someone who was like of an equivalent kind of star power or star factor? Like he has again, like they waste all their money so on Hudgens. It's sexist, frankly. It's the idea that you don't have to be as you know, if you want a hot wife, you don't have to put you in the hard yards. You have to be a knight from the seventeen yeah. from the thirteen hundreds. Yeah, Do you, and you know what? She she thinks he's real hot. Ask him what he thinks of homosexuality. <laughs> Ask him what he thinks of black people. <laughs> yeah, but, but, this guy is going to be super problematic. Yeah. Oh hell yeah. Oh, I'm not even kidding. Of course he will be. Yeah. <laughs> but then, put him in Aldovia, ask what he thinks. Oh, <laughs> be careful. All right. The other thing I have to say about Night Before Christmas is it's actually one of the three movies that I felt was really strange this year. With 
three of these movies have had countdowns to Christmas or Christmas Eve mm-hmm. on the screen. Yes. So it's like <laughs> this is the number of days, and it was so and like and and the, the first one I watched that had it in it was Night Before Christmas, and I was like, oh yeah, you know, obviously you we're counting down to Christmas, Christmas Eve because that's when he has to have done his, you know, but then. Christmas Prince also has a countdown to Christmas Eve because that's the time when like they have to have signed the contract. And then bloody Holiday Rush also. I mean, Holiday Rush doesn't have the kind of- Or it does have the stakes because they're going to be launching their radio station on Christmas Day. The stakes in Holiday Rush are very convoluted and I didn't understand them. (laughs) But anyway, continue. Yeah, well, it's just like- it's so like you said before, AJ, about the producer's note of like, we need greater stakes. It's like, we need something on the screen at the beginning of every day in the movie to like remind us that there's this countdown totally. of the thing that needs to happen. Yeah. yeah. It's just super 100%. cheap and I hate it. It's so awful. Yeah. I hate it too, dude. Also, with it. Night Before Christmas, like, seriously, the. This Christmas Eve dinner that like it's just like they needed something in the movie like to get everyone together. And so she's like got this thing where, oh, yeah, my mum and dad did this Christmas Eve dinner thing where they invited, you know, people who were in need around to like give them Christmas. And somehow over the years, that's morphed into a paid sit down dinner for like the entire town. <laughs> and Vanessa Hudgens, I watched this with um my my flatmate. And when the scene comes up. She was like, why is Vanessa Hudgens so well dressed up? And everyone else is wearing like a cardigan and, and jeans. <laughs> and Vanessa Hudgens did like this like insane dress and no one else is like dressed to the, anywhere well, near she knows, the same. She yeah. knows that she's going to kiss for the first time that night. Oh, Hell yeah. A kiss. A kiss. All right. A kiss. Uh, so. Also, now- there's only one poor family in the entire town and I just loved that so much. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. We don't need to talk about them. Uh, <laughs> if, if they wanted to be talked about, they'd have money. All right. Uh, so now there's like two films left. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we'll go. What's uh, second place? And then you know those uh, who were paying attention to the start might be able to work out what number one is. So second place is Let It Snow. Correct. Yeah. Um, so this is um, this is actually based. I just found out this is based on a book, a John Green novel. Yeah, well, it's it's um, it's collaborated. It's called Let It Snow: Three Holiday Romances, and it's three intertwining stories, all written by different authors. One of whom is John Green. And so this demographic is this is teenagers. It's yeah. about teenagers. It's uh, by teenagers, fourteen. Fourteen. Teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this one, um, I watched this also in Blenheim at my at my grandfather's yeah. house with no internet. Loved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I I was expecting. I had nothing. I had no idea what, what yeah, yeah, this yeah. movie was. I loved it. It's not the best well made movie. Like it, it yeah. is. It's a Netflix movie. Yeah. But it's lovely. It's it's very wholesome. It's very sweet. Uh, it's it's love actually in small town USA. Uh, there's a bit of swearing in it. Yeah. There's a bit of sex jokes in it. Yep. It's a good. It's a good fun movie. It stars bankable stars. It's well, got, yeah, like of, from, of that age. Yeah, it's got yeah. um, Sabrina, the teenage witch, or some, some yeah, chilling yeah. adventures of Sabrina. Um, yeah, it's got um, Shamik Moore, who was the um, voice of Miles and in Into the Spider Verse, and right. then it also has. Oh, um, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, yes, totally. <laughs> yeah. um, and then it also has Ned from the um, Spider Man from the Spider Man the, the, um, the MCU, <laughs> um, who's uh, Jacket uh, Battleon. And then it's also got um, Isabella um, uh, Mona. Mm-hmm. Is she in it? No, she's not. <laughs> it's mind. got Ray William Johnson's ex-girlfriend in it. And it's got uh, uh, Joan Cusack. As the, the, yeah, teen, teen, Isabella Mona. teen um, heartthrob Joan Cusack. Yeah, um, Isabella Mona, who's the- um, the, the, And Ladybird? Huh? 
there's a the girl for the popular girl from Ladybird is the one who's obsessed with her phone. Oh yeah, no, I mean she's the one that's um she's Dora the Explorer. Oh, as Belmona. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Have you talked about Sorry? Karen? Ch- Ch- uh, is it Karen Chilka? That's Sabrina, right? Yeah, the girl. Or she's also yeah. that she was the little girl from Mad Men. Oh, she nice. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, man. Wh- what did you guys think? I I thought this uh, was yeah, a, th- this a is a really movie. nice film. Yeah, it is. Th- this is the kind of film that um, I would I would love my kids to watch. Yeah, you know, like 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 with with the kind of shit like Netflix movies that come out. If I had a a teenage kid who wanted to watch one of these, this is like. Yeah, it's it's wholesome, and you would be quite happy for your kid to learn values from this film, mm. you know, rather than like the night before Christmas. Yeah, and what and so I don't think we see what it's about. It's it's it follows yeah as, as the the book title suggests, it follows three separate love stories. They're all kind of connected because they all they're all friends or they all you know yeah, yeah. mutual like, friends. It's similar to love actually, where they yeah, kind yeah. of yeah. And in, in this little town in the middle of America, uh, it's on Christmas Eve, and there's a party happening at a waffle house, yeah. uh, and and one of like so what are, what are the, the love stories there's a there's a guy who's been pining after his best friend yeah. um his whole life there's there's a famous guy who's coming through town yeah there's a Justin Bieber analog yeah, yeah. <laughs> who's played by the that's the guy the from Shemek Moore, yeah. yeah yeah um and he you know his train their train gets stopped because of the snow and so they he falls in love with Dora the Explorer falls in love with Dora the Explorer <laughs> uh, and the other one is um, I mean who who hasn't <laughs> the other one is a girl who had a fling with another girl and they, they're kind of from other sides of the high school yeah. click spectrum. And so they they meet up again at the Waffle House and there's a bit of like, oh, it doesn't seem like she likes me anymore, but she actually does, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, Joan Cusack's kind of like the Rowan Atkinson of this film. Mm. And it all it all culminates in a like a party that um what's his face Ned from Spider Man yeah, is like Jacob, an aspiring yeah. DJ and he wants yep. to like have a party where he DJs and he can't do it at his house because his parents were supposed to go away but they ended up not going away so he ends up having a party that Possibly night at the Waffle yeah. House which is kind of the culmination of where every, all these stories end up meeting at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, and there's some great jokes in it. There's one part where they're they're trying to get their car started, and he's like, "Come on, get your sweet ass working." It's like, "Yeah, back that ass up." And then the guy at the back's like, "All right, guys, I I know it's just a car, but I'm actually a feminist." What a great line! <laughs> Hilarious! <laughs> Hilarious! He should um, come on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Join us, the other feminists. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll move to Aldovia. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we'll move to Aldovia, which is like. You know the opposite of what uh, the UK is now. Topical uh, UK election, election Um And so, uh, what else? Oh, my favourite scene in this film is uh, actually there's two favourite. There's two scenes I really loved. Uh, one is when they go into this like seemingly abandoned church and they play. I've never heard the song. It's called, they're called like "You Saw the Whole of the Moon" or something on piano, and they sing along to it. It's very sweet yeah. on the organ. Cute. Um, on the organ, yeah, true. Mm. And the other one is when um, the the Justin Bieber analog and Dora the Explorer uh, go back a tale as old as time. Um, go, <laughs> go back to her house um, where her grandfather, you know, knows that this guy's a musician, but you know, doesn't doesn't know what kind of musician yeah, he is. Yeah. And he's and he talks about like a um, who is a is a uh, um, the Rolling Stones guy. 
Of Mick Jagger? Mick Jagger, yeah, yeah. His favourite Mick Jagger song. And, and the, the Justin Bieber analogue is like, ah, that one's all right, but I prefer this one. And then they, then they put on a Mick Jagger song. Is it Mick Jagger or just Rolling Stones? Is the- <laughs> uh, uh, they do talk about Mick Jagger, but I think it's yeah, Rolling Stones. Yeah. And yeah. then they do all do impressions of him dancing. Yeah. It's very fun. Which is also very, very topical because fucking everyone seems to be asking young celebrities if they've heard of this person and yeah. there's a fucking <laughs> this obnoxious fucking bullshit that seems to be happening every week um but yeah it is like it's just such a nice movie. i'll watch this again yeah 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 it is, is charming great. it is charming as all hell and i really really enjoy yeah, it this is the kind of movie that aj tells me he's going to show his sister yeah true yeah <laughs> yeah i i expected to feel like i mean i'm 34 now guys i have my own oh. child what the heck and so oh yeah we haven't mentioned that is that canon on the podcast you had your baby yeah yeah yeah, I think you mentioned it a while ago in, in a podcast. Well, I, mentioned like, you were having I was a listening. Baby. I was listening at home, and oh, I was like, "Ooh, yeah. here I am on the podcast without being on the podcast." That's right, Thanks, yeah, yeah. guys. Okay, so um, don't go on about it because we, <laughs> <mentioned> it. <laughs> we get totally. it. You have a baby, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like I being so far away from this stage of life, the teen stage of life, I expected this movie not to not to resonate with me as much, and I just freaking loved it. I loved spending time with yeah. these characters. I loved being in this little small town. I thought it had real heart. Like, the scene, uh, it's so interesting. I totally loved both of the scenes that you mentioned, AJ, and I particularly loved the scene um, uh, with the when, when they go back to Dora the Explorer's house. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh, sorry. Whatever, whatever's going on in the the, my neighborhood. But anyway, they go back to Dora Do- the Explorer's house and just the tension that's there with both of them not really saying what they really want or what they really think. And mm. you know, as, as the audience, that beautiful tension of knowing that both of them are actually really good hearted and totally in it for the right reasons, but they aren't at that point of trust yet. And actually just sitting in that for a while, it's just, it's just movie magic. And I just, oh, I just loved it. It was great. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah th- this is like this is a great. Um, this uh, this is the first great Zuma movie that I've seen. Mm, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, like th- yeah, this this is the the first movie that's completely. Um, I actually know eighth grade would be probably uh, true. Yeah. Um, but it, it's that similar kind of thing. Eighth that grade it, it, is about ten times as good as. But yeah, it, it like encapsulates. That, and it's like a, it's a common, yeah, it's a, it's a tried and true framework of a film, essentially. Like well, the, I, I would also, I would draw a direct line between 10 things I had about you and this. So like, this mm. is the 10 mm. things I had about you for the Zuma generation. Yeah. True. Yeah. yeah, like it's but, got that, um, it's got heart, it's got humor, it's got, it's got like kind Cusack. of angst, but then it's got a resolution that feels genuine to the teen experience rather than just cheesy. Mm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, what do you guys think of Joan Cusack? I freaking loved her. Yeah, yeah, sick. Yeah, it was such it was such a fun Ooh. it was such a fun <laughs> character to to bring into um to bring into the world of like yeah. You know, if you if you're wondering how she fits into the film as well, like it is very similar to Rowan Atkinson in um Love Actually, I think. That right. it's just like just pops up and is kind of wacky. She, she's like a snow. She what's that called? Like she shovels snow with her with her truck. Mister Plow. She's Mister Plow. Yeah. But she mysteriously wears tinfoil all over her her outfit, yeah. and no one knows why, and she won't tell anyone why. Yeah. And she she's narrates kind of, the film. She's kind of a weird a, like. Yeah, she's yeah, a weird yeah. conspiracy theorist kind of boomer representative yeah. in the movie, yeah, even yeah. though she's it was not funny, actually a boomer. Um, <laughs> watching the film and frustrating me 
because I couldn't quite work out who the narration was. And then she popped up. I was like, oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man. Well, hey, look, I would, I would, if, I would be like, this is far and away the best Netflix Christmas. Well, movie. like this, this is so much better than anything last year. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I'd, yeah. I'd be like, this, yeah, this is this is great. This is the peak. This is what all Netflix Christmas movies should aspire to be. But the next movie, the best movie of this year's Netflix 2019, is so good. It just feels so fucking stupid to even be mentioning it on this podcast yeah, with yeah, the rest absolutely. of these movies. Uh, and that is, of course, uh, Klaus, the beautifully animated uh, like Christmas I just got chills. Legend. I just got chills. <laughs> like, <laughs> guys, guys. <laughs> fucking hell. So this was the first one I think all of us watched, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Which, yeah, and, and after that it was like, it's going to be a long year. Like yeah. <laughs> so this is, this is um, directed by the guy that created, uh, Sergio Pablos, who created Despicable Me. Um, and it's like, this is one of those, if you haven't seen it, stop what you're doing, go and watch the film. This film is so fucking good. Yeah. It, like, it, like we've t- we talked about how good Let It Snow is, but that was like, I think when we were talking about Let It Snow, it's like, yeah, we liked it, but we're talking about it being good by Netflix Christmas standards. And also no internet and Blenheim yeah. standards. <laughs> um, Klaus is a fucking gorgeous film. It's like, yeah. so it's animated. It's a tale of the creation of Christmas, essentially. So it's about um, a- Santa's origin story. Yeah, it, it is. It's a Santa's origin story. So it's um, this- postmaster the, 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 yeah, this, this heir to this like postal fortune um, <laughs> who's the spoiled brat essentially gets told you have to go um, start a post office in this, the town of Smearinsburg um, which to, island, the island based, on, Smir- a real based place. on a real place uh, the island of Smearinsburg where, um, and you have to what is it a thousand letters in, in a year something um, like that something, some, some arbitrary number three, that he has 3, to 000. achieve three thousand letters and um to you know, create a post office to show that you're worthy of it. Uh, he's voiced by Jason Schwartzman um, of Phantom Planet. <laughs> he's the drummer for Phantom Planet. Do you know that? Yeah. No, I don't even um, know what Phantom Planet is. We've been in the sun driving, looking at oh, really? California. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, and then he essentially gets the idea to um, tell kids that if they write a letter. Um, you know, you'll get something in exchange. And so he ends up teaming up with this b- big burly woodsman he finds in the forest called Klaus, who's um, got a big white beard and is voiced by J.K. Simmons. Um, and how fucking good is Netflix at casting Santa? <laughs> yeah, <I was> gonna <laughs> Kurt Russell and J.K. Simmons. Um, <laughs> but they, and they team up. He has, he's made all these toys and then they essentially create the legend of Santa Claus. Um, and you see, it's it's the same way that like the you know when a superhero when a comic book movie gets upgraded to the big screen, they have to find like movie realistic ways of mentioning yeah. their superhero name. Yeah, you know? so it's, it's the, yeah, like his, what do um, they call you down at the precinct? Oh, they call me Two Face. Yeah, and, and so, so like, like, like things like he laughs like, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, is that really how you laugh? Yeah, and there's yeah. a bit where they, they 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 travel in like a reindeer drawn sleigh, and there's a bit where they like. Um, end up going over some kind of ramp and someone sees them out the window flying mm. and then that's how this this myth is created but it, it ends up and um, elves are small russian orthodox yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> like, it's um sami. it's an actual um what you say sami say? people yeah mm. sami that's that's the word and um yeah, so they team up and become his elves yeah it's actually like an actual language that's essentially dying or, or almost dead and the there's the main elf 
um, who's voiced by a little girl who didn't speak any English. And then the the process of directing her was similar to the relationship she has with the main character right. of like this kind of trying to find a, a mutual language. Um, Clearly your favorite one because it's the only one you've done behind yeah, the scenes yeah. research. So, and, and I, I found that this actually, um, the first trailer for this came out in 2015, January 2015. What the hell? Um, and it was a completely different character voices and everything like that. It was essentially shown as a proof of concept because you, uh, you kind of need to go look at the trailer for this film or something to see the way it's animated because it's similar to into the Spider-verse, into the Spider-verse yeah. where it's that kind of like two and a half D it lit. It, it looks very frame rate animated. thing more than anything yeah, else. But, but it's also the, the character models and everything yeah. like that. But the whole film is hand animated. Yeah. It's and amazing. It's, it's beautiful. It's like, it's, it's one of the most beautifully animated films I've ever seen. Mm. And, um, it's, it's, and oh, there's a whole subplot as well to this film that Smearinsburg, essentially the reason there's no postal service there is because the town is divided into two families who I hate each other. I forgot all about the John and Cusacks in that one yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so it's, yeah, it's this big, this big feud between two families, but then the kids all... Um, start hanging out with each other because now they've got all these toys and the parent and the. That's right. Um, yeah, I watched this a month ago. So yeah, yeah. And also, um, in, in, it, or, in order to write letters to um, Klaus to ask for toys, they have to learn how to write. And so the teacher who's on the island yeah, who basically had no students because the the kids weren't allowed to learn in the same school as the other kids from the other side of the town. Yeah. Um. She so she was basically using the schoolhouse as like a fishmonger. Um. And then basically, yeah. and she was saving up money to leave because she hated it so much. And then basically because of the sort of selfish actions of um, the main guy, the postmaster guy, he um, all the kids want to learn how to read and write. And so then she has to start teaching again. She redevelops her love of teaching and it's just so beautiful. Like I loved the one yeah. thing I loved at this movie is that every character does things because of who they are. And, yeah. and, and, yeah. and there's a natural flow on. Um, that comes out of the depth of that character's motivations and it impacts the other characters in a way that actually makes a difference and means something. And it's just so beautiful to see yeah. a movie that's so well made with characters that are so well designed so and so well written in a way that's yeah, going to make out, sense yeah. with each and, other. And this is one as well. I don't want to spoil where the film goes, okay, sure. but the 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 film's ending and everything like that and how it ties into like the the myth of Santa Claus is- beautiful it's it's it's, it, it's it echoes uh prince of egypt for me like in, the, in that level of like this yeah. really like stuff that's that a cartoon that is made to be awe-inspiring and beautiful and not funny that word or that word or is absolutely like appropriate that's the word that came to mind as well is that like there are moments in this where you just go <gasps> like it's it's yeah, yeah i cried there, there it's was so good um Oh yeah, I was I was getting teary eyed. I, I I after watching this, I was at work the next day and I was telling people about as I watched this movie, Klaus on Netflix. I was like, it's real good. And then one of the and I was like talking about it, like it's actually real good. You need it. You should watch it. And then one of them went home that night to prove me wrong and watched it, <laughs> and then came back to work the next day and was like, yeah, fuck, that's real good. Yeah. And so like this is. This is not only like the best Netflix Christmas movie this year. This is one of my favorite films of the year. Mm. And if this one best animated feature, it probably won't even be nominated. If this one best animated feature at the Oscars, I wouldn't be mad. Yeah, mm. and no, totally. I maintain I've been. This is how I've been described to people: is that like, if this came out in the '90s and was released by Disney and had Disney behind it, this would be a like 
inarguably one of, if not the greatest Christmas films of all time. It's oh, yeah, totally. in the same way that they that they um, they pulled in other into like not not what's the opposite public domain yeah. properties like Tarzan mm. and Cinderella. This is. Disney's Santa Claus movie, yeah. you know, um, but, but even though it's not Disney, yeah, it's and not just it just has that same richness. And like, it, it would be looked back on in the same way Aladdin and The Lion King yeah. are, and it would be like, oh, you, because you know, at the moment, it's like, what are the greatest Christmas films of all time? You've got, um, you know, It's a Wonderful Life, Die Hard, or G Action, and then um, Love Actually, which I think it's Christmases are numbered. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that movie is the opposite of the Christmas Prince. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like Love Actually within the next ten years isn't going to be looked on as as fun. Are people already criticizing? Yeah, people it. are and, and it's gonna to get to the point where that's the majority, I think. Yeah. Or they're, they're like it's not they don't play it as much anymore. But like please go watch Klaus. Like you, we need to make this a Christmas classic. Oh, yeah, this yeah. is definitely going to become Christmas canon. Like in 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 the. Well, but in that's the, sort the thing. Like big- like so many films get dumped onto Netflix now that people associate Netflix with. They'll never f- say forgettable, no. and I'll and I'll never and I'll, and I'll never get around to watching it. Like this should be beloved. <laughs> One thing that I really liked about it as well is that the villains in the film, which are like the heads of these warring factions yeah. within the town, their motivation after everyone starts coming together and, and you know, finding out that there's no reason to hate each other, their motivation is to reignite the feud because that's tradition. And that's yeah. it. That's the only motivation. And I was like, how good How good is that? That's so 2019. That's the real progressive film. And I'm not <laughs> even using that in like a pejorative, you know, I think it's it's genuinely like, this is, this is the type of progressive that a Christmas prince wishes it was, you yeah. know, like making their villains be like, no, we have to uphold tradition because that's always been. And mm. versus new characters who are like wanting to buck the trends of traditions or something I've discovered I'm very passionate about. Mm. So like, it was really that's, awesome to see. That's genuinely yeah. like one of the things I did not like about the movie. <laughs> oh, what? What do you mean? Oh, I just like, just this whole narrative that like everything that's traditional and everything that like is being, has been done. I mean, I completely agree that things that have things that are like horrible that have been, that should be continued because they're tradition. That's no reason to continue things. But it was just the narrative that like anything that's traditional is probably going to be dumb, and we should just do everything new and pretend no, that like I, anything I think, new is great. I, th- I think the the message of the film is is more don't be afraid to get rid of those nasty traditions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah or totally. to, 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 yeah. to to create new ones. Yeah. Like um. Oh fuck, man. I love this film so when, much. When, yeah. when but, they unveiled the story, like the true story of the woodcutter's life, it was like absolutely devastating. And like, this is one thing that like talking to some parents, like they have actually said that, um, they've actually said that uh, it's a little bit inappropriate for really young kids because their kids got super upset um, yeah. about that sort of stuff. And it's just like, because it is such a beautiful movie and it's cartoon. So I think people think that it's like, oh, this is really fun. And it's a like cute little fun mm. Christmas movie. And it's actually like, it plays around with some pretty huge stuff. Um, but mm. man, that scene is so powerful. Yeah. yeah. Hunchback and, of Notre Dame has a song in about how the priest wants to fuck the gypsy though. So yeah, yeah. like it's, it- and how he wants to f- fuck them so bad that he wants to kill them. Yeah. But we're not, we're not sitting here. We're not sitting here advocating everyone goes and watches that. <laughs> Um, but and, and finally, Sergio Pablos actually worked on um, Hunchback of Notre Dame. But my point being is that the best kids' movies are a little bit inappropriate for yeah. kids. And um, also, AJ and I have talked a lot on um, the podcast recently about films being Santatheist or not. Mm. And um, the whole like 
it's essentially the idea whether or not a film actually treats there's a man who lives at the North Pole who delivers presents or, or, or to everyone in the world one night a year um or if you know it's it's like in real whether Santa's real or not yeah um this film uh treats that beautifully I think mm. like yeah I, I mean again I this don't is the to- book of Genesis of Santa yeah <laughs> sure <laughs> um so i mean or is this film santagnostic is that what uh, you yeah say? i think maybe that's maybe that's the thing yeah <laughs> that it's santagnostic yeah so um, i just want to bring yeah. you guys because we're talking about how this movie is like the new christmas classic from netflix just want to bring you guys back to last year when you were claiming that christmas chronicles was going to be the new christmas classic oh. from netflix I was so wrong, Jeremy. You yeah. were so right. Oh my god, Jeremy. Oh my, oh god. my god. Oh, oh man. I can go to bed. I can go to bed tonight happy. Like that's all I uh, want. No, Thanks, Christmas guys. Chronicles is is pretty good. Like Christmas Chronicles. Christmas Chronicles was the let it snow of last year. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is an unprecedented margin classes for <laughs> yeah. the Netflix. Well, it's it's like um and I'm nothing against the, the, these films, but like Christmas Chronicles is Netflix's elf. But Klaus is Netflix's It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with Elf, but yeah. it's like, you know, it, it's it's no, it's a wonderful life. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and also, glad you brought that up because there is a Christmas Chronicles 2 coming mm. next year. Um, Goldie uh, recently announced that Goldie Horn and Kurt Russell are definitely going to be back. I think it's next year. It might be 2021, actually. So, But um, Christopher Columbus is directing that one as well. Oh, well, he should have directed the first one. <laughs> yeah. Well, he produced the first That's one. That's the think. missing element from. Yeah. So yeah. That'll, be, that'll be really interesting. And then, yeah, we are getting um, Princess Switch switched again. I haven't, there's no word on it. I just read a thing that was like, you know, when you ask Google a question or you like type a thing into Google and it comes up with like common questions and then you can like click and reveal mm. the answer. Um, and it's like, is there a Christmas Prince 4? And it's like, there's currently no word on one, but if it, if there is, it'll probably come out in December. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, uh, truly, truly the crappy IMDb trivia of future movies. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, look, this has been wonderful discussing Christmas movies. I as as much as unfeasible as I think it is to continue doing this every year. Uh this was a this the the batch we got this year was much better. Um and, yeah. and oh, demographics, didn't mention the demographic for Klaus. It's a family movie. Yes, yeah, so, for fucking everyone. Yeah, yeah, family <laughs> movie. Um and everyone so with at the heart. very least I can yeah. appreciate and respect the fact that this year they gave us a smorgasbord as opposed to the same thing. Four yeah, times, yeah, yeah. basically. Um, which isn't exactly what happened last year, but more or less. Uh, yeah, so any final thoughts? I shouldn't have said that. You're all going to keep talking. We need, to, we need to wrap this up. It's Christmas. Yeah, we've got um, Christmas to have. I don't know. <laughs> we've got Christmas. <laughs> uh, yeah, so thank you very much for listening, everybody. Yeah, congrats on having a baby, Jeremy. Congrats, oh, Jeremy. Thanks, guys. Its name is Jesus. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we don't know who the father is. We hope you all have a Merry Christmas. We do have one more Christmas episode coming out for the year, which will be our live show. Yeah. Um, which is very exciting. Uh, um, if you're in Christchurch tonight, tonight, go see it tonight. It comes, we're doing it tonight at Little Andromeda at 7 30. Talking about the Santa Claus trilogy. Uh, anyway, other than that, um, go please, watch Klaus. Go watch Klaus. Um, and also, even more important than going to watch Klaus, is going and subscribing to Cole Poffer and all, all your local social Whee! media platforms like Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and uh, Acast. 
uh, Twitter, that sort of thing. The um, common social media platform, Acast. Yeah, 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 popular. Um, we should have said that. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to listen this far. Into, um, and yeah, so uh, we also, oh, we have a new YouTube channel for the podcast now. So yeah. this episode will actually come out on YouTube on the podcast channel. So go check that out. Please subscribe to it. Um, and yeah, looking forward to seeing you guys yep. on the next one. Ho, 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 goodbye. Those words don't melt into each other. No, they don't. It's like there's a hard G. There's a hard G there. Yeah. Cool. Right, bye. And to all a good night. That's what you say. <laughs> yes. <laughs>